As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament for today, 
Our narrative will be from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 1 through 24. The Corinthian church was in turmoil because of the immorality of the culture around them. Some Greeks, in rejecting immorality, rejected sex and marriage altogether. The Corinthian Christians wondered if this was what they were to do also, so they asked Paul several questions. Because sex is perverted, shouldn't we also abstain in marriage? If my spouse is unsaved, should I seek a divorce? Should unmarried people and widows not marry? Well, Paul answered many of these questions by saying, For now, stay put. Be content of the situation where God has placed you. Don't seek to be married or single. Live God's way one day at a time, and He will show you what to do. Sexual temptations are difficult to withstand because they appeal to the normal and natural desires God has given us. Marriage provides God's way to satisfy these natural sexual desires and to strengthen the partners against temptation. Married couples have the responsibility to care for each other. Therefore, husbands and wives should not withhold themselves sexually from one another. The Bible says that you should not defraud your spouse by withholding sex, but should fulfill each other's needs and desires. Now, spiritually, our bodies belong to God when we become Christians, because Jesus Christ bought us by paying the price to release us from sin. Physically, our bodies belong to our spouses, because God designed marriage so that through the union of husband and wife, the two become one. Paul stressed complete equality in sexual relationships. Neither male nor female should seek dominance or autonomy. And during our reading here today in the New Testament, we'll see that both marriage and singleness are gifts from God. Sexual pressure is not the best motive for getting married, but it's better to marry the right person rather than to burn with lust. Now, because of their desire to serve Christ, some people in the Corinthian church thought they ought to divorce their pagan spouses and marry Christians. But Paul affirmed the marriage commitment. God's ideal is for marriages to stay together, even when one spouse is not a believer. We'll also read about the ceremony of circumcision. It was an important part of the Jews' relationship with God. In fact, uh, before Christ came, circumcision was commanded by God for all who claim to be uh, those who follow Him. Often we're so concerned about what we could be doing for God somewhere else that we miss great opportunities right where we are. We'll also read about slavery here. It was uh, common throughout the Roman Empire. Some Christians in the Corinthian church were slaves. Paul said that although they were slaves to men, they were free from the power of sin in their lives. The Bible says we become Christ's slaves when we become Christians. But this actually means we gain our freedom because sin is no longer controlling us. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. August 11th, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 24. Now, regarding the questions you Corinthians asked in your letter, yes, it is good to live a celibate life, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations, 
unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time, so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. But God gives to some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. If a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer, and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer, and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. But if the husband or wife, who isn't a believer, insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you, and remain as you were when God first called you. This is my rule for all the churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it, and the man who was uncircumcised when he became a believer should not be circumcised now, for it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you.
Psalm chapter 31, verses 19 through 24. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for He has shown me the wonders of His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In panic I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him, but He harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4. Haughty eyes, a proud heart, and evil actions are all sin. Drops in. 
Hey, it's Craig over here at Braille. Um, just wanted to give a shout out to Little Big Dave and uh, Nick Hoffer down at the farm. Uh, it's really great to spend some time with you guys this weekend. Uh, I definitely missed you while you were gone, and I'm glad to be back in the ministry. Uh, you guys are doing great this down there as house leaders. I'm very proud of you, and I can't wait to see you up here in Columbus very soon. So, I love you guys. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're back. I had to lose it all to come to my senses and see how far I run. Now I can. Cry. 